Alright everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. My name is Jeff Buck and I'm along with my co-worker Jordan Bianchi. Holy cow, Jordan, what in the world <laughs> just happened at Martinsville? I am still um, uh, in disbelief from uh, everything we just saw. Wow, I mean, geez, can you believe it? Incredible. Uh, one of the best cutoff races I've seen in a long, long time. I'm sure there's been some other great ones over the years. Um, but honestly, nothing else is coming to mind because this was fantastic. You know, we, we've talked about Martinsville for a year now as a cutoff race to, for the championship and what it was going to be like. This delivered. I mean, and then some. And this, this was an incredible race. And the only thing I can ask out of this is why wasn't why did this happen sooner? Why wasn't Martinsville the last race before the championship? Man, I tell you what, uh, it is. Um, we we've been we've been talking about how oh I hope we're not getting our expectations up too high. Um, you know, sort of bracing ourselves for a letdown and man, I mean, certainly I, I, as, as high as my expectations were, I think it did surpass them. Um, this is really, I mean, isn't this kind of why, why we watch NASCAR racing? I mean, the, the craziness, the unpredictability now, of course, we'll talk about the merits of the format. We'll definitely get into all that. And I think that's almost a different conversation, but, um, as far as entertainment and just, the you know, being completely glued to it for uh three hours 45 minutes um man it didn't feel that long by the way no i mean i i was like oh let's keep going i mean it was one of those races where it was just it was captivating it flew by yeah it was it was really good i i just i thoroughly enjoyed it i think martinsville absolutely a thousand percent delivered um you know, I, uh, it's man, I, I don't even know where to start on the discussion of the race because so many things happened. Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, but you know, as, as big as the, uh, the chase Elliott part of it is, I, I think we, we almost have to start with Kevin Harvick, um, nine race winner from this season. Uh, I think, you know, undisputably the fastest car consistently, all all year long uh an, an average finish in the sevens which has not been done very often um in the modern era at all and when it comes down to it he can only finish fifth in points now he is eliminated all of that for naught uh, at least when it comes for the championship uh just so hard to wrap your head around but i think this is like the uh the the moment it really hits home for this playoff format it took a while you know that you always knew that the the potential for craziness could be there but now we really see it and and i'm sure so many of our conversations on the teardown this year of harvick is a lock harvick's a lock to at least make phoenix uh <laughs> did not age well as they say uh, no they didn't um definitely i mean obviously a surprise i mean if i had to pick between him and, and denny hamlin not to make it to phoenix my pick would have been hamlin for various reasons I thought with the points advantage that Harvick had coming into round three, coming into two of his really better racetracks at Kansas and Texas, like this guy is, he's going to top five them both and he's going to come into Martinsville sitting pretty. And I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, when he hit that wet spot at Texas and got in the wall and they weren't able to really fully recover, I, I going into this race, this is not, Martinsville has been the one track where Rodney and Kevin just have struggled. They just have not gotten a handle on it. It cost them in 2016, which is the only other time they did have not made the final four, and it cost them now. And I don't 
have the same issue that maybe some other people do that, oh, he's got nine wins, why is he not in the final four? It's like, I don't think like that. I, we've seen other dominant drivers, not to this level. Martin Truex Jr. comes to mind. Brad Keselowski comes to mind. Joey Logano comes to mind. Where they clearly had the fastest cars or one of the fastest cars, and they probably should have been in the final four, but they didn't execute. And to me, this format is about performing under pressure, is being at your best at the absolute most critical time of the year. And unfortunately for the four team, they weren't they weren't at their best. I'm sorry. You know what though? I, I obviously I disagree with you. Um, you know, of course you do. He he opens up this round uh, by finishing second at Kansas. Could have won that race. Um, then he goes to Texas with again what I've heard is that undefeated car that he had, and it's misting. Everybody's on the radio screaming about it. Hey, it's misting. Throw the caution. They restart. He gets on a slick spot, hits the PJ one, hits the wall, and ends up. Um, finishing 16th after four days of rain delays. Um, obviously, at this race, um, you know, th- that wasn't good. He he was going to finish in the top 10 ultimately, um, but, you know, I think he was probably going to finish ninth because that's where Kyle Busch finished. You know, I guess he was going to, he was going to get a top 10. But again, if you tell me that the guy who had um, 67 playoff points coming into this round finishes second at Kansas, and is going to get a top 10 at Martinsville, uh, misses it. I mean, that that's crazy. Now, what happened was you had two guys below him in points win races. Um, and, of course, that, that moves the cut line. I mean, if you look at the, the pure points, um, that, that whole battle they were talking about for, um, you know, Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski at the end there with Kevin Harvick, that was the battle for the actual raw points lead um, in the playoffs. So Denny Hamlin was ultimately the points leader after this round by one point over Kozlowski and Harvick would have been right there, uh, except he obviously wrecked in the last turn by trying to wreck Kyle Busch. Um, so he, he finished third in raw points, but he had two winners below him uh, win races, which, I mean, that, that hasn't happened very often, and it, it's what put him in this position. But um, to me... You know, it, it's, it is very hard to justify, though. I mean, uh, when you have the, the best car all year, not even make the final four, I mean, clearly one of the best four cars all year, that is something that we haven't seen. You could talk about, oh, a fast car who might have been one of the fastest four didn't make it. I but disagree, but okay. The fastest car all year, better not, than him. Not the fastest car, but one of the two or three fastest cars we've seen before. I mean... Uh, that's that's tough to say. I mean, it's Logano in 2015, Martin Truex okay, Jr. in 2016. Okay, let's Keselowski as, in 15. as Nick Bromberg on Twitter pointed out, though the playoff points era has been different. Let's talk about from two, 2017 onward um, when the playoff points really came in and changed things. Then we got used to the last few years of seeing the guys who were pretty much, um, you know, the guys who were her up running up front. I mean, those are the guys who go and win the championship or contend for the championship. I mean. Um, so, you know, if you have, uh, you know, a Logano win this year, um, or even a Keselowski win this year, it's going to be weird. I mean, it's going to be like, okay, that's, how does this fit in with the sort of narrative? It just, as we were talking about last week, uh, or after Kansas with Logano, um, it doesn't, we're, we're used to being able to see the pattern and the narrative and saying, okay, that fits the theme of the season. This guy winning is the champion who represents what happened this season. Um, Kevin Harvick's not going to have that chance now. And if it's anybody, but you know, 
Harvick or Hamlin, it's it's just weird. So, uh, you know, that's... I disagree. Okay. If Keselowski wins, it's a very deserving championship, though. I mean, he, he'll have, theoretically, let's say he wins Phoenix. He'll have five wins. He would have more top 10 finishes than Hamlin, and he will probably be very close to him in laps led and their average finish is very is nearly identical. So it's, I mean, Keselo- I think you're shorting Keselowski. He's been the third best driver for most of the year. So I, I don't know. I, I just, yeah, it, it's odd that the best driver, the best team throughout, you know, the first 32 races wasn't there, but they weren't the best race. They weren't the best team for three races when they needed to be. And honestly, they didn't even need to be best. They just need to be okay. And they weren't okay today. They were off badly. Yeah, no, I get that. But again, um, you build up a 67 point uh, playoff cushion, uh, playoff points cushion. You would think that you'd be able to get through. Um, and again, I, I do go back to that that restart at Texas, obviously. I mean, I feel like they were, you know, and I'm not trying to whine on his behalf, but put in an unfair position on that restart. That I agree with. And, and that cost him. That absolutely 100% cost him a shot at the championship by NASCAR. Um, letting that go green there. Um, and, and the mist was, was coming. Obviously it ultimately delayed the race for three days. But at the time, I think they were just saying, well, it's not in the forecast. It'll go away. Let's try to fight through it. Let's see if we can keep the race green. And it was before they realized, you know, how much it was going to settle in. Um, that's, that's tough to swallow. Now, Harvick to his point, to his credit, didn't throw NASCAR under the bus. I mean, he was very calm afterward. Uh, I think the old Harvick would have been, you know, spitting nails or whatever the expression is. But um, he took it well. I, I will say, though, that um, I, I, I didn't like his move at the end, just the, the intentional wreck there. Um, we've seen, you know, like the, the Ryan Newman, Kyle Larson situation at Phoenix to wall somebody. But, um, you know, for to, to just completely uh, just ram into him, I mean, I, I don't know. That's... That's the format. I mean, right or wrong, that's 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 what NASCAR wants. That's the precedent's been set. And when you advertise and, and create a, a, a point structure where or a playoff structure where every point matters, you're gonna get this kind of behavior and that's what NASCAR wants. And this that will be used in every commercial going forward to tout the playoffs in Martinsville. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that's just it is what it is and I I've just kind of come to accept it, I think. Well, and that's that's the thing about this format, right? And and I think that in in that sense, I'm on the same page with you. Is just like with the rules package in a lot of ways that is entertainment based now. Um, I'm just kind of like, yeah, this is what this is what it is now in in a lot of ways. I know I just said it's hard to accept that with Harvick, but this is the sort of the first time uh, you have that shock to the system of wow, uh, a guy like this, you know, not not making it with such a good season. Um, but I do think that it's like, I mean, this is what it is. This is what NASCAR racing is now. It, it, as Harvick said, skewed toward entertainment. This is what everybody's come to accept. But I will say that that weakens the meaning of a championship. I mean, last year, um, when we were at Homestead media day, we were asking the drivers, you know, what, what is the sort of the new measure of a good season? And they were saying final four appearances. Well, now I'm not even sure you can say that. I think you just have to go revert back to wins because, um, I don't know that final four appearances is the best measure of a season. If, if you have, uh, the best car, not making the final four, you know, that, that weakens that argument. So I, I just don't, I think that the, the championship is great for entertainment and it's fun to talk about who's going to win it. And, 
you know, TV can hype it up and it gets us all talking and we focus on it, but it's not, it's not, uh, it doesn't have the same meaning as it once did. Even with the 10 race playoff, it's, it's a totally different thing. Now, this is what NASCAR wanted though. This is what Brian France wanted. You know, they wanted this chaos and craziness and they didn't want somebody to just run away with it. So now they're not, uh, now you don't even have the best car competing for it. So, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's man. It's, it's a, it's a strange new world. I'm just trying to accept it because it's obviously not changing. No, and I think that's where I'm at. I accepted this a long time ago that the the value of a championship is no longer what it once was, and I don't know when it changed. I don't. I feel like it changed even before 2014 a little bit, but that this is it. I mean, it's you measure you you can no longer. I don't think you can measure a driver's totality of their career by the number of championships they win, just because it's it's harder to win them. It's much more difficult to win them, and it's some ways it's. It's I don't want to say crapshoot's not the right word, but there's just so many different things that factor into it now, where you can have one bad race in a round, and that will knock you out. So I don't know. I don't look at it as 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 this big thing because in the past too, even if you go back further, we have had years where guys have won a bunch of races. You know, Rusty Wallace won ten races in a season once, and he finished second in the championship. We've seen it, Bill Elliott. Won 11 races in a season. Finished second in the championship by a good amount. So it, it's odd. It's peculiar. But it, it, it but it sometimes happens. And you just it just you roll with it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess uh, that's well. I, it's 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 just uh, I, I I'm I'm so torn, Jordan, between you know. Look, I, I got into this because I was a sports writer, right? So, you know, I was covering all sorts of sports when I started and you want to cover like true competition and the best and, and uh, championship stuff like that. So to me, the further you get away from it, it just feels odd. It's just hard to say, wow, this is true sports. I mean, when you're talking about entertainment, um, look, it's, it's a sport. I mean, it's still a competition. It's just, it's just different. It's just different. That's yeah. all. I mean, as Harvick do you, said, do you know, yeah, go ahead. Go. I was gonna say, you know what I compare this to? And you, and you mentioned, um, you know, some other sports. I compare this to, in a lot of respects, college basketball, where the best college basketball team rarely wins the championship and they often don't even make the final four, but it's still a sport. It's still a competition and people are still excited by it. And you can question the leg- legitimacy of it, but that's the championship. It's always been decided that way. And I look at it kind of like this, where, the best driver and team sometimes don't make it to the final four. Often they do. And when they don't, there's usually a pretty good reason why they didn't. And I think that in this instance, there's a pretty good reason why Kevin Harvick's not there. Well, let's talk about somebody who is there and that is chase Elliott. What a drive. Um, what a recovery by his team that could have been disastrous. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I saw that, that pit road penalty and I was just like, that's, that looks bad. That looks really bad that, that they rescinded it. You know, I saw Bob Pachris tweet the explanation for it that, um, you know, if you get back and, uh, you know, re- reestablish your position with the wall before servicing the car, it's okay. But to me, it looked like the guy just kind of ran over, put his foot on the wall for a second, uh, or kicked the wall or whatever. And, you know, I, uh, just the fact that you've never seen that and you, every time somebody jumps over the wall early, they get penalized and then Chase Elliott gets penalized and then they rescind it in a key moment. And that puts what, you know, puts him through 
um, where he would have had to restart at the back. Ah, man, that's, I don't think it's the best look. I mean, maybe it does follow the rule, but I, since we've never, we don't have any other really ways to view that before. We've never seen somebody else reestablish position over the wall. That, that looked odd, but, um, first of all, I guess let's, let's hear your take on that before we talk about Elliot and himself. Yeah. A lot to, a lot, lot to unpack here. First of all, it, it felt like, Oh, here it is. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to keep chase out of the final four. We, we've seen this before strong run, something happens, whether it's Denny Hamlin getting into him or a mechanical failure, or some, some weird thing is going to keep him out of the final four. And it felt like that. And when you see, you know, in real time, you're thinking that's a penalty, but by the letter of the law, I mean, he did go back and he did touch the wall and I, I was okay with it. Once I read the rule, I was like, that, that seems okay to me. So I don't have an issue with it. And I think it does speak to kind of what you said, which was, this was a team that just kind of seems to be snake bit in the, in this round year after year. And they finally got over that hump. And this was a win that really, I think Chase Elliott needed where, you know, it's probably not fair to question his resolve. Cause it, it really, that's really unfair to say, but he needed this kind of gritty comeback, you know, you know, back up against the wall. And if I got to come out and win this race kind of victory, he really hasn't had that moment in his career and he had it today, and he stepped into the, the spotlight. And I think it was an impressive win. It was an impressive win for his team. And I'm curious to see what they can do at Phoenix because I think they have a really good chance to win the championship, and they will be the first Chevy team to make it to the Final Four since uh, Jimmy Johnson in 2016. Well, I give Chase Elliott a ton of credit for um, going out there in a must-win situation and winning. Um, and I, I do agree with you that you know this probably helps, helps him get over the hump um, learning how to win in these clutch situations, these pressure situ- pres- pressure situations, uh, is huge. And maybe you know off the top of your head. I mean, when's the last time there was a first time uh, final four appearance um, from a driver in the championship race since we went to this format? I, I don't know, um, but it-, it seems to have been dominated by veterans. You know, last year we're talking about oh, this guy's fourth time making it, this guy's third time making it. It's the same names every year. Well, Chase Elliott. And his team, they had to go out and win. They really weren't going to make it on points. And they did it. I mean, they absolutely accomplished it. Um, so kudos to them. Kudos to him for, for keeping it together. It was interesting hearing his thoughts about his mentality coming down to, in the final laps. He said he was thinking about how there was probably going to be more likely a caution than not. There wasn't. But he said he was driving the car and he's thinking, okay, everybody's on their last set of tires, so there'll probably be a restart on old tires. This is what he's thinking about is he's – uh, you know, trying to win this race and, you know, because he, he's been burned before he's, he's seen these situations before he didn't want to be surprised by a late caution and, and have that, that throw him off. So, um, look, I mean, if, you know, for him to go there and do this, uh, I think it's huge and it probably helps him, you know, get over the hump of being sort of a, a perennial, um, championship contender. So, Massive for them, massive for uh, the Elliott fans who have been so disappointed. Um, you know, th- their deal at Texas didn't even seem like, like it was their fault. The tire coming apart, um, just kind of a fluke thing after they, they tried to get some extra points, and that's what put them in the situation, but they go out and perform, um, and they get it done. So, man, you can't take anything away from them at all. Kudos to them. Um, the You know, I guess the, the penalty probably was called rescinded by – the letter of the law, but 
I think we need to keep an eye on that for the future in terms of, I hope NASCAR continues to call it that way in the future, because I don't want to see any sort of like, Oh, they penalized this team, but they didn't ch- penalize chase at Martinsville. That's the kind of stuff that really, um, can ruin NASCAR's credibility. So, um, anyway, I, I tell you what Truex I thought was going to get up there and do the same thing that Elliot did for a while. Unfortunately for him, um, you know, I guess he had a, a loose wheel at the end, had to pit, but it looked like he was going to, um, have a good day being contention. You know, he, he ultimately led uh, 129 laps. Chase Elliott led the most 236 laps, but I, I thought Truex was going to be able to salvage his season as well. And it looked like Truex really had the only car to keep pace with the nine. The nine was better. It seemed like on the shorter runs, the 19 of Truex was seemed to be better over the longer runs. And it would have been interesting to see. We, we've talked about this with Truex before. What he would have done in that situation is he going to be willing to put the bumper to somebody and move him out of the way? That's always the question with Truex of his aggressiveness. But in that situation, he, he probably would have had to because you're going to have to move Elliott because you got to win that race. So we didn't get the. It, it's weird. This was a great race and it was a, a memorable finish with Harvick and Kyle and uh, Chase winning and everything. But it wasn't a close finish by any means. It was a pretty dominant. I think, he, you know, Chase won by a few seconds there. So it's odd in that sense that it was kind of a runaway win where it was never in doubt. And you kind of waited for that caution flag that never came. And it was it was interesting to see how it unfold. But I, uh, I I was I was surprised about Truex. But I was also it kind of is symbolic of his season, which is they've had a lot of strong runs, a lot of near misses, though, a lot of close but no cigars, a lot of second, third place finishes, no wins. And those lost points add up quick. And we've talked about it before. And again, today in contention and a mistake happens and he finds himself out of it. So it's just kind of Truex's 2020, to be honest. Yeah, and, and, you know, this probably sounds harsh, but I feel like Truex sort of wasted a year of his career here. Um, you know, this was um, his age 39 season. He turned 40 this year. And as we know from our friend David Smith, this was the year that uh, drivers peak. And uh, they, they often have their best seasons in their age 39 season. Denny Hamlin, this was his age 39 season. He's about to turn 40. And he had uh, his, his, he's had his best career year. Um, and so for, for Truex not to be able to capitalize on that and capitalize on the fast cars, so many close calls this year, and then ultimately not make the final four, um, late in his career. I mean, it feels like a waste to me, um, a waste of a really good team, a waste of an opportunity. Uh, it sucks. I mean, they tried their best, but they had, um, just things didn't go their way. And I, I agree with you that this sort of summed up their season. It was there for the taking ultimately. They didn't perform. They weren't able to do it. And, um, you know, he goes to Phoenix as an also ran. Yeah. First time he's missed the playoffs since two, our final four since 2016, which, which is also coincidentally the same year that Harvick missed it as well. So two names that we've seen in the final four a lot. And then you throw in Kyle Busch, a third name that we've seen every year there since 2015. Um, it, it, this, this complexion of the final four is going to be very different this year. So Alex Bowman also doesn't make it. I mean, he had a decent run going for a while, uh, ends up finishing sixth. Ultimately, maybe if he had gotten another caution, he would have maybe had a shot at a late restart. Didn't work out for him. Kurt Busch um, did lead some laps early on. Um, He ends up uh, leading 23 laps, but ultimately he wasn't really uh, in contention for the win. He finished fifth, but um, he would have had to win the way his playoffs went. So um, those drivers... You know, they're all gone along with Harvick. Um, but I tell you what, Denny Hamlin is able to make it by the skin of his teeth. And this is despite 
I mean, talk about uh, sort of backing into it here. Um, didn't have as many playoff points as Harvick. Uh, when you look at their, their playoff points coming into this round, Denny Hamlin had 13 less playoff points than Harvick. And Hamlin, this round, ends up going, let me see here, he goes 15th, 9th, 11th, um, and makes it on points. So that's something. I mean, they just don't seem to be running super well right now. I, I mean, normally you'd think, okay, well, the guy with seven wins more than uh, any of the, anybody else at Phoenix, um, I guess he's going to be the, the championship favorite, but, and, and we'll make our predictions in a moment, but I, I don't, I, it, is he the championship favorite? It doesn't seem like it. No, I, I, I wouldn't say so. And to me, this today really kind of symbolized Denny Hamlin's season, which was they looked really good at times. They were running second, third in the mix, and it looked like they were going to have a really strong day. And then something happened, and they got behind. They had the the issue on the pit stop with the left front wheel where the lug nuts weren't tight, and it, and it had to make a second pit stop, put Denny back in traffic, and the car was never the same. The, the track changed from day to night. The handling went away, and it was a struggle for them. So they went from very competitive, looked like they were going to kind of cruise on you know, onto the next round, and then all of a sudden they're in scramble mode. And, and to me, we, we've seen this a lot of times this year, whether it was Indianapolis or Bristol, where – it looked like they were going to have wins, and it got away from them, and that's what happened today. And that's kind of Denny Hamlin's year, which is seems like they're really, really good, or they're they're scramble mode. And I don't know how to look at Phoenix. I could honestly probably make a case for all four drivers there. So I, I don't know who my favorite is. I, I kind of lean the Penske guys just because of the the rules package and their success. But Denny won there last fall. Um, that was a big win for him. To, to he needed you know his back was against the wall, needed to, to win that race. So. Um, they're certainly capable, but they have speed in their race cars. Uh, to me, it comes down to execution and having a flawless race where um, if they go out there to Phoenix and they're perfect, I absolutely could see Denny Hamlin win this, this championship. But if something happens and they get behind, um, it's it's going to be very difficult for them. Yeah, I don't know. It's It, it seems fairly wide open. Um, you know, Joey Logano, as we talked about, uh, won the last Phoenix race there. He's he's definitely going to be a contender. I think um, Elliott's going to have a really great shot. Hamlin should be fast. I mean, there's no reason he shouldn't, you know, be able to run top five and, and potentially win it. And let's talk about the one uh, we haven't really talked about. Keselowski also makes it on points. Um, and I, I think he should be really good as well. Those Penske cars, as, as we've talked about throughout the season, um, again, on the on the 750 tracks, uh, I believe Kozlowski won it at Loudon, right? Which is the he dominated at Loudon, dominated at Richmond, and Logano won at Phoenix earlier this year. And and Kozlowski won at Bristol when Logano or Elliott was going to win uh, earlier in the year, right? Um, so yeah, but I mean, I, I know it's not an exact comparison, but New Hampshire being the closest thing to Phoenix in terms of a one mile track. Uh, and using the 750 package, and I believe the same tire, if I'm not mistaken, right? Wasn't the wasn't the story back in uh, July when we talked about? Or sorry, August 2nd was the New Hampshire race. I believe the New Hampshire race used the same tire as Phoenix, and like I believe that's correct. You said uh, um, Kozlowski dominated that race. He led 184 laps. Denny Hamlin was second in that race, led 92 laps. Um, so that's going to be that's interesting to to think about that. Um, I, I really don't know. I, I don't know. You know, my, my preseason prediction was Hamlin. So it would be tough to sort sort of get this far and say, well, I'm not going to pick Denny Hamlin anymore. So I might just stick with that. But 
I mean, if you had to decide right now, who, who would you say is your championship favorite? Keselowski. I like the way he's running. Um, he's just, they really have kind of elevated their performance. Really good, strong run tonight. Had a rally from a speeding penalty, which, which is concerning, but Brad did a really nice job. Aggressive driving through the field, smart driving. I like where this team is at. They're getting better as the year goes along. Penske's cars have been much more consistently fast. And then it goes back to what we said, too. If you look at this rules package, Team Penske has got this figured out. That gives them an advantage. Um, Joey won there, obviously, earlier this year. So they, they have a setup there to go, at least a base-wise. And then Brad's success on the other uh, tracks, Richmond, uh, New Hampshire, I, I don't think can be discounted. I, I like Brad a lot in this race, and this is going to be interesting to see how he performs because um, you know he's this is only his, what, second Final four appearance, Correct. I believe. Correct. He made it in 17, and he was kind of a – he was the fourth out of four that year. He really wasn't – you know, didn't really wasn't that dominant. I, I think this is different. I think this is a, his best opportunity to win a championship since he won last won a championship in 2012. He hasn't been in this position realistically to win it. Um, I, and I think he's got the mindset that I, – I like where this team is at. There's not many champions um, left in – NASCAR, um, because Jimmy Johnson hogged a lot of them. Um, so when, when he retires, there'll be even fewer, obviously, but, um, you know, you're looking at Denny Hamlin's never won, Chase Elliott's never won and Kozlowski and Logano have one each. So you're looking at either a two-time champion or a first-time champion, which is an interesting dynamic. You also have, uh, two Fords in there, both from team Penske, only one Toyota this year after, uh, they had three last year. And as you mentioned, um, Hendrick slash Chevy puts a driver in the championship four for the first time since 2016. So all of the manufacturers represented, uh, you have three different teams represented. So a decent amount of, of parity there, I think. And, uh, man, should be, should be pretty interesting. Um, yeah. How about, uh, by the way, speaking of teams, uh, when I'm looking at this, fairly shocking to think Stuart Haas doesn't have uh, a driver in there. Um, obviously Harvick would have been, would have been the guy, but how about, how about Stuart Haas teammates, um, Clint Boyer and Eric Almarola, just like <laughs> Boyer's just, I guess he was just like, I don't really care about teammates anymore. Uh, you know, Alm he didn't appreciate Almarola's move. So he just, he went in there and just like, boom, you know, just shoved him out of the yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, you got you what? You two races. This is your second to last race as a full time driver. Why not? Right? What do you got to lose? And and this, to be honest with you, I mean, this is Clint's best chance to get that last win of his career. Um, I mean, he's won here before in 2018. He's very usually pretty competitive here. This was a good opportunity for him. And you'd have to think coming in here, he was going to be, you know, kind of that mindset of let's go get it. And then you get taken out by your teammate. You know, what 70 four laps into the, the race and you get spun around and you're having to play catch up the rest of the day. So yeah, it's gotta be a little frustrating and it's unfortunate, but you know, that that's Martinsville. Now Almirola ends up finishing seventh Boyer eighth. So, uh, by the way, Kyle Bush ends up finishing ninth after he got spun. Um, Kyle Bush, not happy, uh, from my understanding with, or uh, I, I would say, uh, not impressed with Harvick's move. Uh, even though, so you might watch that and say, well, you know, Harvick did what he had to do. Um, I don't, uh, my impression is Kyle Busch was not impressed with that. So I did. you see him talk? I, I honestly, I didn't see him uh, talk post race. I had a couple different, uh, 
things for stories we're working on. So I, I didn't get a chance to, to see what he was. Did he, did he say anything? No, not that I, not that I'm aware of. I just have uh, some Understand. inside knowledge, I guess. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I would be mad too. I mean, you're, you know, you're, you, you can say what you want about Kyle, but Kyle's a pretty fair, Kyle's a very clean race driver. He's not somebody who goes around just shoving people around and wrecking people. That's not him. He's actually a very precise, very clean driver. And, and, you know, you go back to, to Bristol when he and Harvick were racing for the win and Kyle, you know, hadn't won a race all year and that he felt like was his best chance. You know, we, we kind of thought he maybe had an opportunity to take Harvick out and he didn't take that chance. Right. You know, and Harvick's got all these wins. So, and what does Harvick, what does Harvick always say about him and Kyle? He's yeah, always, buddies oh, now. we're, you know, we, we've gotten past it. We have so much respect for each other. We race each other. Well, you know what I mean? <laughs> but when it's convenient for Harvick though, he's just like, nah, I'm just going to take him out. I mean, like blatantly wreck him, take him out just yeah, to, to get this it's... spot. Like I have no, to, to, to take someone out like that is I have no respect for you. It's, it's, I'm, I'm 2015 Trevor Bain Talladega taking you out here to benefit myself. But that's. But that's Harvick. I mean, that's well, Harvick's career where he is a, and, and I say this with, with, I don't want to say, I, I respect his, I respect what I'm about to say. He's ruthless. I mean, he is somebody who will win at all costs. And I respect that. I, in this format, that's what you need. And who cares about friends and everything else? You're here to win a championship. And if that means I got to move you out of the way, so be it. I, I'm, I'll, I'll figure it out later. And I mean, I'll, I'll send you a, a present or something and make it better. I, I don't care. I'm sorry. Speaking of, uh, you know, just going for it, uh, being aggressive and wrecking whoever's in your way. Uh, another win for you in the, was it a good race poll last week and a dominating one after Texas brings us to a four, four tie with two races left. And you, I missed it so badly at Texas. I think it was 42% yes or something like that. And, um, uh, I had said 72% yes. Maybe it was forty six percent. Anyway, I missed it by a ton, Jordan. And so you're the Kevin Harvick of this poll, basically. You had a big lead and you blew it. Apparently, apparently so. I, I was up four two at one point. You've now gotten back to back wins. This is all thanks to Big Joe Wall seventy two on Twitter, who keeps score for us. Um, but here we are now, and um, we have two races to go, and we've got to decide what the was it a good race poll predictions are going to be for Martinsville. So let me tell you something. Okay. I have been thinking about this quite a bit this week. I thought you didn't care. Uh, I don't, but now I do because I might win and I'm trying to get, (laughs) no, I'm just trying to be, get into it more. I'm trying to do the right thing and I'm trying to be a company man, Okay. Okay. um, better teammate. So, and then as the race was going along and there's different outcomes, I'm like, Ooh, okay. So this is going to bump up the pole to this. Nope. Nope. I'm going to lower it to this. Do I want to go this? So I actually have a number in mind. I've had this number in mind really for a good while now. Okay. Well, let's hear your number. I'll let you go first. 95%. That is no, there's no way. I feel bad for you. Why? Do you want to reevaluate that? You're, you're just handing me an easy win. Sure. Okay. You know what? I'll take 90%. No, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I take that back. No, you, I'm not. Just no, 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 no. You said I 5% you can't, and go below what I was going to go. No way. No, no. It's not my fault. You ch- you said I can go 90. No, no. Go 90. I'm not giving you a second chance. Forget that. Fine. I'll take 95%. Man, you're a poor loser. <laughs> Good Lord. 
You changed it. this all works. You changed you're it like, by so much. You are much. like Kevin Harvick. You're all, no, you are like Kevin Harvick. You're all sweet and kind. Like, oh, buddy, buddy. <laughs> and then when it comes down to it and you got to cut my throat to win, you'll do it in a heartbeat. Uh, 95%. Here's the thing about 95%. I think there's only been one uh, race above that in the poll history, which was Bristol earlier this year in the spring. I understand. Oh, okay. I, trust me. Right. I have thought, thought about, about this. It? I have done the research. Okay. I have thought about okay. it. But here's my reasoning. One, first of all, Chase Elliott wins, which I, I do think factors in. Popular winner. Uh, great story. Has to you know come out, win the race to get in the playoffs. Does that. Classic short track race. Tons of drama. Last lap spin with you know Harvick and Kyle there. Yeah, give me 95%. I'm probably going to get bit in the butt for this, but I'm going to ride it. All right. Here, here's the here's first of all here's the mistake you made. Okay, if oh. if I'm going to be Kevin Harvick here, I could easily just say ninety four point nine percent. You're boxed in on a record poll number, which is not going to happen because there's enough people on Twitter <laughs> who are upset that this race turned out what I was talking about before with Kevin Harvick. They don't like the system anymore. They're going to say the format sucks and they're going to take it out on the pole. Now I think chase Elliott winning offsets that to a certain degree for sure. And I think it will be in the nineties, but 95% a record. I, I don't know that that's going to happen. So if I wanted to Harvick you here, I could easily <laughs> go 94.9 and pretty much guarantee myself a shot uh, to at least tie next week, uh, which, you know, we have the tiebreaker of course, which you're winning right now. And I don't think you'll miss it by much. So you might still have the tiebreaker going into Phoenix, but um, I, I don't want to do that though. I, I don't want, I want to play a little bit fair and at least say, oh, that's, that's, I want to say what I, I would have said before you made your thing. Cause I want it to be a fair competition. I don't want to be a total jerk here to my teammate. We are teammates after that's all. It's a new thing for I'm you. I'm not going to go Almarola Boyer here. We're still teammates. It's oh, new for you. Oh, it's new. Okay. You're, you're trying to goad me into t- going 94.9 and then, and then <laughs> just cause I want it to be 96, some record thing. Is there a way to rig this by the way? Not that I know of, not that I know of. Don't oh, you think NASCAR would have rigged all these a long time ago if they could like buy poll votes or something? I don't know, but I need to look into that. Okay. Well, as far as I know, you'd have to pay a lot of people <laughs> in like a sweatshop in a third world country to, to vote. And I, I don't know that there's enough votes given that there's thousands and thousands of votes every week. Anyway, um, gosh, it's so tempting to go 94.9 here. I just don't want to be, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I'm, I'm just going to go 93%, okay? There's a, there's a little room between us. I think it's going to be a very high poll. I'll go 93%. It's going to be very close. It's going to be down to the wire, but uh, we'll have a good competition going into Phoenix where it will all be, all be decided. So, yeah. Any any uh, final thoughts, Jordan, on what we saw at Martinsville? Classic short track race. It was phenomenal. Uh, I wish – I don't know why Martinsville wasn't the cutoff race sooner. It delivered everything we thought and more. Um, I'm excited for next year and going back for it because I think it's going to be even better. Yeah. I mean, uh, Martinsville, I say Martinsville always delivers. And actually, there's been a couple races where it hadn't recently. But I think this one um, certainly did. The storyline's there. Uh, when they did, when NBC goes to that, that, you know, four split screen and has the points on all of them. And you're just like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen. It was so crazy. And the drama was, was so, um, high that, 
Um, I just think, I mean, in, in, in the, the picture of this playoff format, if you like this playoff format, what, what more could you possibly ask for? Um, Phoenix is going to be very interesting. Um, you know, the, the race earlier this year was a good race. And once they went to the lower down force, um, package, so I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be obviously as good as, as Martinsville, but I think it, it should still be entertaining and there'll be enough storylines to keep us very interested. So we will find out very soon what happens one week to go in this season. Um, of course though, we will be continuing the teardown all off season long. At least that's the plan. Uh, every week of the off season, we'll still be talking to you. So don't be a stranger. Uh, after next week, we, we want to still uh, stay in touch with all of you all off season. And uh, of course, Christmas coming up, Jordan's least favorite holiday. So we can tease him about that. Ugh. Yuck. <laughs> oh, it, you know, seriously, there's already Christmas directions and everything out or decorations. Out. It's like, seriously, can we just stop? Like Halloween just happened. Let's just pump the brakes a little bit. It's so ridiculous. I hate that holiday. All right. Plenty of time to talk about that in the off season. Everybody, thanks so much for listening. And we will talk to you next time on the teardown.